0: You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. So I'm excited. We have now hit 2015. It's the first Sunday of the year. And I hope you are prayerfully expecting God to turn up in your life, in the lives of your friends, your family members, those you live near, and this church. I'm believing in 2015, God wants to do something special. So if you're just joining us, this is the second week of our series, Revelation Resolution. For those who weren't here last week, my name's Jesse. I've been serving here at Northside for about four years, doing youth and young adults ministry. And I'm currently overseeing the youth ministry, why Sam Haddon's wife, Kristen, is away on maternity leave. So this series, Revelation Resolution, which we talked about last week. This series shows the importance of what it means to be dependent on God through prayer, dependent on God, which we chatted about last week. And this week we're sharing about what does it mean to be obedient to God through his word, through his holy scriptures. So let's pray. And let's see what God has in store for us this morning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. We pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this year. Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Help us to not be distracted, Father God. But deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the enemy who wants to take us out, Father God. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for who you are and how much you love us, Lord God. And we pray and thank you that yours is the kingdom, that yours is the power, and that yours is the glory forever and ever. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, this morning we pray. Amen. At the start of 2015, my wife Abby and I had the privilege of going to one of the most fascinating and exciting places on the planet. This place is culturally diverse. It has a rich history. And it's located in the melting pot that is the Middle East. What on earth could I be talking about? Where might that be? You might have guessed it. That place is Israel. And Abby and I were able to go on a tour over there a walk as Jesus walked to her. It was fascinating, and it has completely transformed my view of Scripture and informed how I read the text. On one of the days, we went for a journey to this place by the Sea of Galilee, as you see up there, and we went to where Jesus supposedly preached the famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. It was powerful to think and imagine that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ stood and shared and spoke and encouraged the people of that time. And to think that today we have these words right in front of us. We have the text right here at our disposal. And to read them over there just completely transformed how I view Scripture and these words. So this morning, let's read from Luke six forty six to 49. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream it vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great the parable in luke 6 shows a distinct difference between those who are obedient to the word of god and those who are hearers of the word of god it emphasizes the need that jesus put into practice, and speaks of two people whose hearts are revealed in their actions. Through this story, Jesus illustrates the benefit of obeying his words. It is not enough just to simply hear them. They must be obeyed. He compares a wise man that hears and obeys to an unwise man, who is unfortunately led astray. He describes this wise man as building his house, that he is his whole and utter life, obediently on the rock that is God. Meanwhile, the unwise man is unfortunately disobedient and he builds his house on unfit materials and an unsturdy foundation. You see, obedience is an action, it involves you. Hearing and then responding. Building on the unfit foundation is so simple and easy. All that is required is to hear but not be obedient to what you've actually heard. How annoying is it when you're having a conversation with someone and you realize midway through that conversation that they're not listening? Who here has been in that situation? We all have, right? We're talking, trying to develop something. Sometimes it's quite hard and you're trying to push a conversation along. And then all of a sudden you realize they've switched off, they've got out their mobile phone, and they're not listening anymore. See, I might be the only married person in the room that this happens to, but I know between me and my wife, it happens a lot. See, Abby and me, when we communicate, often... We clearly get sick of hearing each other's voice. And Abby knows, first and foremost, that I do speak a lot. But how annoying is it when you're like, hey babe, why don't we do this? It'd be great if we did that. And then you look over and see her staring blankly away into the wilderness, not paying attention in the slightest. Or you're trying to have a conversation with her or someone and you're talking and talking, and then you realize that she's on her phone and completely zoned out. It really frustrates me. And I know growing up, I was a lot like this with my dad. See, my dad tried to teach me numerous things. He told me what was good to do and what I should be doing. But more often than not, all I heard was blah, blah, blah. And I didn't listen. And I didn't engage. I didn't hear what he had to say. And I'm sure that it really, really, really frustrated him. See, I would always hear his words, but never put them into practice and never live them out. The book of James talks about this in a simple but profound manner. It reinforces Christ's message. In the parable that we just read, by saying in chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, doing requires action, it demands application of what Jesus said and obedience importantly, to His Word. Being obedient to the Word of God hooks our lives onto something that is immovable, that is unshakable, the sure foundation that is Jesus Christ. As you know, He is our hope of our faith and our lives. He is the cornerstone. And you see, the true essence of the parable we read, it is not about our houses at all. Not about the outside, not about what the world sees, but it's about the inward. It is about our lives. The unwise man put his trust in things that felt and looked really good at the time. They were probably fashionable, they were probably new and trendy, but they had no depth. See, he was too busy to apply the word of God To his life. He couldn't see the need to go deeper into the spiritual things that God shows us in his word. He was involved in foolish things rather than things that are actually of true substance. So, who here has had that kind of experience before? Man, I know I often get way too caught up in being busy, way too caught up in doing things. I necessarily shouldn't be doing. Take it, for instance, every morning when I get up, what should be the first thing on my mind? Clearly, it should be God. Clearly, it should be getting into His Word and actually finding more about Him. But if I'm honest, unfortunately, it's what I have to do today. My agenda, my to-do list, text messages, phone calls... Facebook, emails, you name it, the list is endless. I could come up with 20, 30, 40, 50 different things that unfortunately I prioritise before the Word of God in the morning and therefore throughout the whole day. Not enough time, unfortunately, is spent with God. See, my life now starts looking like the world tells me it should because I prioritize other things other than His Word, I start falling victim to the fads of this world, to the pop culture, to what the media says, to what crappy TV shows tell me to do. Whatever it may be, these voices and influencers speak into my life and speak into my spirit. Thankfully, the Word of God allows us to turn down the world and to turn up God. God wants to speak to us through his word. The question is, will we let him? Will we prioritize his word each and every day? So how on earth can we be obedient to this bad boy? How on earth can we be obedient to the word of God? How on earth can we get in it and correctly handle it? Well, you guys might have seen this before. It's something called the Word Hand. It's a framework for personally handling and gripping tightly the Word of God. See, we must hear, we must read, we must study, we must prioritize, sorry, we must memorize, and we must meditate on the Word of God. And importantly, we must pray. The Word hand shows us six practical ways that we can consume, that we can eat, that we can absorb the Word of God each and every day. They are important and they are vital in the life and the growth of us as believers. Number one, the good old little pinky. Each of us needs the instruction and the encouragement of hearing the Word of God throughout the week whether it be listening to it on a podcast, having a conversation with someone, or turning up to church on Sunday. This should provide insights from what other people have studied and learned through reading the God, through reading God's Word, and it should stimulate our own appetites and our own hunger and our own desire to getting into the Word. Involving ourselves actively in listening best prepares us to understand the Bible. And then to be obedient to it. Let's be doers of the word, not dormant hearers, like the parable talked about before. Number two, the middle finger. You see, studying the word of God allows us to go so... Sorry, number two, the ring finger. We must read the whole Bible to realize God's plan and purpose for our lives. We must read it from beginning to through the end, from start through to finish. We can't go one verse here, one verse there. That, take, that looks good. That sounds good. We actually need to understand the whole context of what God is trying to say and reveal to us from Genesis right the way through to Revelation. We need to be reading the Word of God regularly. What would it look like for 15 minutes of every day you spent, tucked away, reading the Word of God? What would that look like? Do you know that that in 80 hours, you could read the whole Bible through? 80 hours. That's at 200 words a minute, which is like walking. It's very slow. So if you spent 15 minutes a day reading the Word of God, you would be able to read the Bible through in one whole year, or less than. Or better yet, what would it look like to wake up in the morning, to read God's Word, to start afresh, to get fresh revelation and insight from it with a daily quiet time. Number three, the middle finger, also known as the rude finger. Studying the Word of God allows us to go so much deeper than just simply reading it. It gives us greater insight and depth into the meaning of the truth that is God's Word. Why not try digging a little deeper, getting stuck into it, actually getting to enjoy the depth that is God's Word? Do you know the best commentary of the Bible is actually the Bible itself? Why don't you cross-reference and look up other verses and chapters that talk about the same passage that you were reading that day? I encourage you to journal your discoveries you might be surprised at what you find. Number four is the index finger. Memorizing the word of God wow i don 't know about you, but memorizing anything for me is hard. Who here doesn 't know their spouse 's phone number off by heart? One person, two three yeah i 'm in good company that 's fivers i can 't remember anything. You might meet me today. And I might say, hi, my name is Jesse. You tell me your name and I'll remember five things about you, but not your name. I struggle memorizing things, but God tells us to commit his word to memory. For some weird, weird, profoundly spiritual and supernatural reason, the word of God sticks to me. I can remember and retell and recall the word of God, but I can't retell and recall names or some other useless information. God wants us to memorize his word. He wants to equip us with his word. If we can use the sword of the spirit, which is the word, and be equipped by it, we'll be able to combat the enemy, combat the struggles of day-to-day life. See, the Word by, mem- by memorizing the word, it enables us to grow deeper and, s- and to be able to share with others the insights you have found. We can share the gospel with those that don't know Jesus, and encourage fellow believers through Scripture. How awkward would it be to be like, yeah, Jesus loves you, just just read it, just read it. And not actually be able to share about his love, share about the good news that is the gospel, and be able to share the truth that is in this Bible. What if you decided to commit only one verse each week to memory? That's about 50 verses a year. Five zero. What would it look like if on the first Sunday of January two thousand and sixteen you were having a conversation with someone and we're blurting out scripture after scripture, passage after passage, because you've just spent time memorizing over fifty verses in the Bible? Number five, and importantly, so importantly, meditation. It affects every other aspect because the thumb can touch every other finger. Meditation is so important because it helps you to understand the true meaning of the scripture and apply it to your life. You'll discover very quickly its transforming power. The thumb has power like meditation. It can influence us and change the way we read the Word? How can we be applying the Word of God to our hearts through each of these steps, through the simple but profound process of meditating on the Word? As we chatted about last week, Jesus snuck off into the wilderness so often before any big ministry event. And what did he do? Did he crack open a Coke, have a few chips, relax, put his feet up? No, Jesus sought the Father's heart. He prayed. He read through the scriptures. Jesus became obedient and dependent on God during those quiet times. Could you do that this week, church? And finally, as I just mentioned, the palm. Prayer is so vital and so important. It holds all the other fingers together. See, one thing about reading the Word of God is we need to be inviting God's Spirit in. We need to be asking Jesus to speak to us through His Spirit and to reveal to us truths and insights and depth that we have never heard, that we have never seen. How funny is it if you've read a passage more than five or ten times that time after time you get a different insight and a different revelation. What would it look like? if we were to pray and ask God to speak to us this year when we read his word. So as we finish, why on earth should you prioritize this? Why on earth should you prioritize the word of God? Why on earth should you spend a decent chunk of your day in this word, eating this word? And why should you choose, importantly, to be obedient to the word of God? Because if we church, if we, you and I, if we stop being obedient to the word of God and letting the world influence our lives and lead us astray, we're in massive trouble. Like the parable we read at the start, if we build our lives on the things of this world and not the things of God, when the tough times hit and when the troubles come our way, where will we be? We'll be left on the ground, picking up the pieces. You see, the road and the path is very wide, and many take it. But the narrow path, the path that Jesus is asking us to follow, is so narrow. Are you willing to choose to follow that path? So this week, I encourage you all, Spend time in the Word of God. Pretend it is like a big, fat, juicy steak. Who here loves steak? Most of the guys are like, I could do a steak right now. I know it's early, it's only 10.20. But I love steak, nearly any time of the day, probably after 10.30. But um, steak is so juicy, some would say it's nutritious. Vegetarians definitely would not. But steak is fat and it's juicy. And it satisfies us all the time. People love biting into and digging into a good, juicy steak and tearing through it. And for some people, it tastes different every time. But the funny thing about the Word of God is that it is actually the most satisfying thing we could ever want and ever need. It is the most fulfilling meal we could have each and every day. Some of you might be like, what do you mean? You can't eat the Word of God. Well, if you read the Bible, it actually says time and time again that we need to treasure it like Job did and desire to eat it daily like Jeremiah. We must let God, who is ultimately the living Word, fully satisfy us each and every day. Because like Jesus said... In Matthew 4.4, 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If we choose to know and understand the Word of God this year, if we choose to be obedient to it, to be equipped by it, we'll start seeing God's power come in our lives. We'll start seeing change and inner transformation in our lives. I know for me, the Word of God has thoroughly impacted my walk. When I was growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, as I did mention last week. And it was in year 12 where I was really trying to wrestle with my identity and what that looked like. And like a boat that is is tossed in the ocean, I was shaking from side to side, being drifted this way and that way. But then one day I chatted with this guy and he told me about Jesus. He told me about the good news of Christ. And through this conversation my life was completely transformed. See the word of God, it pierced my heart. It went straight in between soul and spirit. Hebrews 4:12 says the word of God is alive. The word of God church is alive. It is sharper Than a double-edged sword, and it pierces between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit. What would it look like if this year, 2015, we let the Word of God touch us? We let the Word of God transform our hearts. Like me, I had to put my prideful and selfish desires to the side, and let God barge through, let His Spirit Touch my heart and open me, open me up to the truth that is located in his word. So if you're just checking this whole church thing out, I thank you so much for being here. We're blessed to have you. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, please deeply consider his life. He was real. He lived 2,000 years ago and he loves you. He died for you and he rose again. And it's by that power that we live and we walk daily. So if you want to have a chat or a conversation, we have some Bibles at the back. We'll be praying after the service. We would love to come and have a chat with you and maybe even give you a copy of his word. So let's pray. Ah, Jesus, we just thank you for your life. We just thank you that you modeled what it means to be a dependent and obedient on you God. I pray, Father God, and earnestly desire that in 2015, that we as a church will be dependent on you through prayer, Lord Jesus, and that we'll be obedient to you through your word, Father God. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will change changes that you will transform us, that you will shape us that you' will mold us, and that you will make us hungrier every day for your word that we will find out and we will come to the revelation that only your word alone satisfies us. Only your word alone fulfills us. And only your word alone can transform our lives. So we ask that you would just lead us and guide us this year in 2015. And we're believing and praying and expecting for a better year yet. In your mighty name, thank you, Jesus.